G'day and welcome back to the In The Know On The Go podcast, getting you across the things that matter in Aussie agribusiness in a way that's, well, just bloody easy to understand. I first heard about the Women's Land Army when we were chatting with Fanny Lumsden and since then I've kind of been fascinated to find out more. So we thought we'd bring a special episode and we found the perfect expert for it. Megan Adams is a historian with the Australian War Memorial and luckily for us, she is so very passionate about the work the Land Army Girls, as they are known, did for the country during World War II. I was amazed to learn about the city women who took on farm work and produced the food and fibre that kept our country and ally countries running during such uncertain, difficult times. So this episode is all about who these women were, how it all came about, the scepticism at the time, and Meg shares with us the story of her childhood neighbour who was a Land Army girl herself. We can't wait for you to hear all about it. Please, if you enjoy this episode, we'd love for you to share it with someone because I think this is a pretty extraordinary piece of Aussie history, which we've forgotten about. So, Megan, I'd love to know, I guess, just like, what, what's your role at the Australian War Memorial? Yeah, so um, I'm a historian at the Australian War Memorial. I work in the military history section, so... We do lots of things like um, research, producing the magazine Wartime, um, answering public inquiries, preparing uh, biographies for the last post ceremony. Um, so it's a super interesting job. We get to do all sorts of things and learn lots of interesting things about Australia's military history. So it's a it's an awesome job. <laughs> as, a, as a historian, like what what took you down that pathway? Look, that's an interesting one. I think my um, my path is pretty unique. So. Um, when I was in high school, I really loved studying history. Uh, and when it came time to do some work experience, our work experience supervisor teacher um, said, well, why don't you go and do work experience at the War Memorial? So I said, all right, I'll give that a go. Um, went down there, did it, loved it, absolutely loved what the organization stood for. Um, loved working with the people, loved everything I learned there. And so after that, that kind of set me on a bit of a path to wanting to be a historian. So um, went to uni afterwards, studied history, spent a little bit of time in um, France and Belgium exploring sort of the Western Front, First World War, that kind of thing. Um, and then eventually worked my way into a job at the War Memorial. And um, yeah, haven't looked back since then. It's been great. That's incredible, Megan. That is yeah. so cool. And such an interesting part of Australian history. And I think that's what I wanted to chat to you about today. Obviously, we know in Australia that women as part of the census were only allowed to put down that they were farmers in 1992 and after a bit of googling and i got a tip off from a previous guest on our podcast that there was this thing called the women's land army in world war ii so i would love to know can you just share a little bit about what this women's land army was why was it formed and and when yeah no worries at all i mean it's a super interesting thing and i, and I think you're not the only person to have not really have heard much about them um but the women's land army the australian women's land army was formed in 1942 um, and it was essentially brought about to meet the shortfall in rural labour that had been caused by the war. Um, and part of that was also to free up men working in agricultural jobs so that they could go and join a fighting unit. But something else with the Land Army that people aren't really aware of is that it was also there to help Australia meet its obligations, not only just to feed the people of Australia, but to actually feed other allied nations. So we were responsible for providing food to the Americans who were coming through Australia at that time and also sending food further afield, even out to the UK. So they had a super, super important job in terms of keeping Australia's agricultural industry ticking over. Oh my God. Do we know roughly ballpark how many people like were in Australia and how many, like what, even just ally soldiers were coming through Australia? Um, look, with regard to the Americans, that figure changes a little bit. I have heard up to a million, but um, yeah, but there, there was a lot of them um, and still feeding them as well as the own population of Australia. Uh, and we know that there was now 
3,000 uh, women who served in the in the land army at that time. Um, so they had a big job ahead of them to to meet that production target, I guess. So 3,000 people came into the agriculture sector during World War II. Yeah, where, did they, where did they come from? Well, that's another interesting question. So when the land army was formed, they didn't want to take more women out of agricultural jobs. So they're only recruiting for women from cities and from urban areas, um, which is quite interesting because they're coming from across Australia, but they're women who probably haven't been exposed to like a rural lifestyle um, and certainly not been exposed to any kind of agricultural work in their life. So um, they were certainly having to jump in and learn on the go. Far out. This is just, it's bloody fascinating. 3,000 women as well, I think is. Like, what kind of jobs did they get these predominantly city people doing? Oh, and any kind of work that you could be asked to do on a farm at that time, they were doing. Um, So they're bringing these women in from the cities. Um, Once they're recruited, they might get a little bit of sort of early training. They get a uniform and then they're posted out to wherever they they're assigned to, um, so wherever the work's needed. So usually in large agricultural centres um, where they need lots of hands on deck. So they go out there, sometimes they're billeted by the farmers or um, they're camping in, you know, showgrounds on the outskirts of town. So they're really roughing it. Um, and once they're out on the farms, they're doing everything from growing vegetables and fruits, harvesting them, canning them and dehydrating them. Um, they're doing wool work, like shearing, wool classing. Um, they're doing, you know, fencing, mustering, driving tractors. All of these incredible things that they certainly wouldn't have done in their life before. So it was um, a really big lifestyle change for them. Is it ever? Far out. <laughs> <laughs> Something else, isn't it? And I think that's one of the reasons as well that um, these women faced a little bit of, um, I don't know, scepticism from people at the time. Um, obviously, because they're coming from the city, um, the farmers themselves and also some of the people in rural communities are sort of thinking, well, one of these, you know, city slickers going to be able to do for us, you know, they'll, they'll be here for five minutes and they'll pack it in. They won't be able to, to put up with it. Um, but really they got in, they did everything that was asked of them. They did it with a smile on their face um, and they achieved amazing things. And sort of what was skepticism at the start of the war by the end of the war in 1945, a lot of farmers admitted that they really couldn't have done without the help of the land army girls. Um, so it was really a fantastic effort. So the name, I'm just interested, like, so the land army, was it actually part of, I guess, the military? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question and something that I think is a really interesting part of the history of the land army. So it was based on a similar type of thing in England, which is also known as the land army, and that had its roots actually in the First World War, where they'd brought around people to do the same sorts of thing, to keep the agricultural industry ticking over during the First World War. Second World War comes around, they bring it back in England, and so the Australian model is based on that. But it's very, very similar to Australia's armed forces. And we know women who served in women's auxiliaries of the Navy, Army and Air Force. And the Women's Land Army was like this because they, you know, they had uniforms and they were under very strict controls and that sort of thing. But they were a voluntary service and not an enlisted service. So this is one of the things that comes into play after the war because they had tried at one point to put the Land Army at the same level as the other women's auxiliaries. But that never got through um, before the war had ended. So after the war, they weren't sort of classed as an official service. And that had the impact of these land army girls never getting the recognition that they deserved after the war. Um, And it's even as late as 1985 before they're actually even allowed to march on Anzac Day. Um, And as late as the 90s by the time they even get a civilian service medal. So um, very little recognition for something that was a huge effort. And you just mentioned the land army girls. Was that... 
how did they have a little bit of a posse? Is that how they were referred to as the girls? Yeah, yeah, they were the land army girls. That's kind of how they were affectionately known amongst people. Um, I mean, and they're women aging from anywhere from 18 to sort of 50 years old, um, but very affectionately known as the land army girls. Just before, so you said they were like it was a voluntary enlistment, like were they actually paid for these positions or was it just in the in their best interest of the nation to keep the agriculture sector going? So they were paid for their positions. Um, they were paid about a minimum of sh- uh, 30 shillings per week. So it's less than a man would have been paid for the equivalent job, um, but they were paid by the farmers themselves. Okay. Um, and sometimes in certain circumstances, the farmers might choose to pay them more if they were doing a really good job. Um, but I, I think it's a combination of that. Like, you know, women didn't have to serve and they weren't part of the military necessarily, um, but they might volunteer to serve because it's in the best interests of their country, but they certainly got paid for the work that they did. And so you mentioned there was a little bit of skepticism, like what was the experience and I guess the reaction for these women like towards the end of the war and actually once it had ended? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I think, you know, as I say, they, they, they came up against a lot of skepticism initially, but by the end of the war, I think it had become a really formative experience for a lot of these girls. I mean, they got to go out and, um, you know, learn new skills that they hadn't, you know, they would never have previously been exposed to. Um, they got to meet new people. They made lifelong friends. Um, but more importantly, they were able to make a contribution to the war effort, which was something that they were immensely proud of. Um, I was very fortunate growing up to have lived across the road from a wonderful lady who had served in the land army. Her name was Betty. Um, and she used to share so many fond stories about her time in the land army. And even, you know, as, as a lady in her 80s, she, you know, it was something that really resonated with her and stuck with her her whole life through. Um, and she, you know, she would still write to her friends that she had in the land army and she would collect newspaper clippings. And so it was a super formative experience and they got to be part of something bigger and to, to help country time of war. Yeah. It's a huge contribution. Like one thing I'm wondering, is there many of the land army girls still living? That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure what the exact numbers on that would be. Um, we do know that sadly our, our wonderful veterans from the second world war from all different services um, are sadly passing on. Um, so I was certainly very privileged to have met Betty. Um, I haven't had the privilege of meeting any other Land Army girls, um, but yeah, I'm sure that their numbers would be few and far between nowadays. Yeah, wow. Well, I think that's why it's one thing I'm so happy it was brought to my attention. So for you, I like as we go forward, why is it so important for us to actually acknowledge, recognize, and share more stories about what the contribution was of the Women's Land Army? Yeah, well, I mean, as I say, that. It would not have been possible for the Allied forces to have won the Second World War without these land army girls. You know, they they kept the agricultural industry moving. They freed up men to go and enlist in fighting units. They kept people fed. Um, They did all of these things that were so vital to just keeping the war movement ticking over because it's total war, so everyone has to pitch in, right? But not only that, is that I, I think that these girls actually got in and sort of broke down some stereotypes about women working, not just working full stop, but actually working in agricultural spaces. Um, and as you mentioned that, it, you know, it wasn't until very recently that women were even allowed to call themselves farmers. So by breaking through those barriers and proving what women could do, the land army girls, a little bit like their sort of colleagues in, in the other women's auxiliaries, um, were really able to get in there and prove what women could do when given the opportunity to be included. Um, and we do know that post-1945, that women's employment actually continued to increase to levels that were higher than what they'd been in 1939 when the war started. So actually what they put in motion was some changes for women's inclusion in the workforce, which is 
an incredible sort of roll-on effect, I think, of what they had done just during the wartime as well. It's extraordinary. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with us about it. I'm fascinated by it and there's so much more that I want to know. Like, is there an easy resource or somewhere where we can point people if they're interested to find out more? Absolutely, yeah. So if people jump onto the War Memorials website and just search for Australian Women's Land Army, you'll find a little sort of um, encyclopedia page with a little bit of information about that. Um, Otherwise, you're more than welcome to send an email through to us here at the War Memorial and we'll certainly be willing to write back to you with any help that we can provide because it's, um, it's such an interesting period in Australia's history and it's something that we all need to know so much more about. Um, and and Betty, as I mentioned to you, that, that lovely lady from the Land Army, she always used to say to me, you know, remember the Land Army girls? And um, I think that's the big takeaway from conversations like this is to just remember them, remember what they contributed to um, Australia's agricultural industry, to wartime Australia, and obviously to, to the advancement of, of women's rights as well. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And I think through people like you, Megan, who have that connection to Betty as well, it certainly will keep living on. So thank you. You're more than welcome. Alrighty, another episode done. Thank you to this week's In The Know expert for letting us pick their brains and answering all of our questions. And thanks to you for listening and coming along on this learning journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow In The Know On The Go podcast on your favourite streaming platform so you can stay in the know on the go. Catch you next time.